Good morning, and a warm welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. Today we have a very special service. It's our, World Aid, our commemoration of World AIDS Day, and it's also the first Sunday of Advent. So thank you for joining us, and a warm welcome to all those who are joining us online as well. Let's take a moment to uh, first greet one another. You could um, turn to your neighbor, maybe give them a wave, give them a smile through your mask. Uh, if you're watching us online, you could type into the chat, uh, peace be with you. Our online moderator will be there to chat with you throughout the service as well. So um, as we prepare for this sacred time, let us prepare our hearts in the call to worship. All together, God of, God of hope, hope, all of us are affected, affected by, by HIV AIDS. At this time of Advent hope, hope as we, as we prepare, prepare for the coming of your Son into this world, we give thanks for signs of hope, for growing understanding, for medical advances, for changing attitudes and behavior, for greater awareness and concern in your church. God of unity, bind us together with strong ties of love, that this church community may be a place where all can find acceptance, May it be a place of welcome for all affected by HIV-AIDS. May it be a place where care is given and received, where stories are told and heard, where fear is overcome by love, where you are to be found. Amen. So now let's join our hearts and voices together in a time of worship. Uh, just a reminder to those on site, uh, we're still not permitted to sing but I do encourage you to feel free to stand, sit, close your eyes, just meditate on the words.
God of 
Good morning. Today marks the first Sunday of Advent, and we are also commemorating Voyage Day today. Growing up, I used to associate the time leading up to Christmas with the lighting up of Orchard Road, shopping, and school holidays. But the season of Advent is not a season of light, rather, it is a season of darkness. It isn't a time of joy, but a time of longing for joy. It is a season of waiting. While we may be hearing Christmas carols throughout this whole month, and maybe even earlier this month, we need to slow down and take in what it means to wait, and to wait in darkness. Advent begins with people Walking in darkness. A reading from Isaiah chapter 9. The people walking in darkness 
have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy, and they rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. It is not too far-fetched to think that we too are people walking in darkness. Not only do we live in a time of pandemic, we live in a time where climate change threatens our future. A time where cities can be levelled with a push of the button with the kind of weapons we have today. So we too are waiting. Waiting in anticipation for Christ's return. Waiting for God's kingdom to be fully established here on earth for the peace that was promised that has no end, for the justice and righteousness that will go on forever. We are yearning for a different world to come. We are yearning for light, God's light. We may sometimes hear that's too naive. We sometimes get discouraged and think that there's no other way that we can have peace without warfare, justice without punishment. We have greater faith in humankind's selfishness than in God's promise and Christ's return. I recently watched the new um, Amazon series, uh, Wheel of Time, and there was this scene that moved me very much, where one character, Isla, talked about her people's commitment to nonviolence. She talked about how her daughter was um, attacked by bandits and killed by bandits, and she wanted revenge. But she did not take the spear and go after those bandits who killed her daughter. And then, you know, she was asked, why didn't she? And she said, because I wanted revenge. What greater revenge against violence than peace? What greater revenge against death than life? Do we believe that God will be dwelling among God's people here on a renewed earth, where there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away? Do we dare to believe that? Do we trust that? Or do we hold on to the ways of the world to preserve the status quo, to protect ourselves? and think that the violence will be always be a solution, that punishing people will prevent crime. 
will we be able to let go and live into the way that Jesus has taught us, the way of love? Do we believe that one day, one day, God will restore all things to shalom, that all things will be in right relationship with one another? That is what we are waiting for. And for people living with HIV AIDS, they too are waiting. Not just waiting for a cure, but for a day where there's no longer any stigma and no more discrimination. We are people walking in darkness, but we have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. We know that light, and that light is Christ. Christ has come, and Christ will come again. And we wait in hope. And it is in this time of darkness that we light the first Advent candle, the candle that symbolizes hope. It worked just now. How weak and fragile that flame is can easily be blown out. But may our hope live on in our hearts, always. We wait in hope for the birth of Christ. We also remember those living with HIV who wait in hope for a cure and a world free from discrimination and stigma. Will you join me in prayer? God of hope, we yearn for light. We yearn for a world where there's no more hate, but only love, where there's no more war and violence, but only peace, a world where your justice and your righteousness is established forever and ever. God, today we commemorate Wade's Day. We lift up our siblings suffering with HIV and AIDS and ask for your healing presence on millions of people living with the disease today. Today, there are medications that allow them to lead healthy lives. But in our unjust world, there are many who do not have access to these life-saving medications. And there are many still living in stigma, fear, and shame, a burden so many of those living with HIV carry. Make us a safe haven for those who are abandoned, discriminated against, and rejected on account of their illness. Inspire us to speak out for just distribution of health care and medical aid in the world and for generosity in sharing our resources with those struggling. As we begin our Advent celebration of waiting in hope for the birth of your Son, let us remember those across the world who await in hope. Amen.
Today we begin our Advent anthology, Let Your Life Speak. Throughout this service, you can ask questions on Mentee, and at the end of the service, we'll go through these questions. And for those of you who joined us new, you can go to mentee.com, and for many of you, it's a habit already. Uh, and today, the Mentee code is 61659096. I'll repeat slowly, 61659096. Today, we are privileged to have two guests join us for our World AIDS Day service and share their stories and become part of an anthology. We have Tia Yi, who was our guest at our World AIDS Day service in 2019, and we have Kelvin Tan, um, the youngest of four people living with, openly with HIV. Would you like to give us an introduce, uh, uh, introduction of yourself? Okay, I'll go first. Hi, everyone. I'm Tia Yi. I teach children with special needs uh, and I've been volunteering with Action for AIDS for almost 13 years now. Hi, I'm Kelvin. I'm an advocate for POHIV and a POHIV myself for about six years now. I'm currently working at AFA for about three years. So, we have been observing World Day for many years and one question that crops up often, is it still necessary to talk about HIV AIDS today? Yes, to this day, there are others out there who are diagnosed with HIV who are either younger or my age. And there's still not enough support for people like me because I'm still around advocating for it. HIV is a chronic condition that's easily managed and it should be understood that as by the public. I still face rejection today just because of my status and it shouldn't be like that anymore. Yeah, I agree. So I think there's still a lot that needs to be done to support the people with HIV. And there's still a lot of misconceptions and ignorance that surrounds HIV. And if every single time we get to talk about HIV, we are also educating people and changing the way that they think, then it's not something that we should stop doing. Uh, so where is Day also serves as a day of remembrance for myself and for any other people who have lost uh, someone to HIV. So like, I lost a friend to HIV many years ago and World AIDS Day is one of the days of the year where I will get in touch with her father and we just up update each other and check in on each other. So what are the challenges that PLHIV face today you know, with the advances in medication that you have shared, Kelvin? So, uh, so, yes, there are medical advancements now since the very beginning of the AIDS epidemic. However, it's, we still find difficulty um, affording the medication because not all medication are the same, uh, cost the same. There's also uh, the fear of being outed by others because, you know, uh, living HIV is something that is a very significant part of us. And sometimes when we share that to people, it might backfire. And we also face stigma, both from others and stigma to, from ourselves. We want to talk a little bit more about stigma, you know, um, from yourselves and from um, others as well. Um, elaborate a bit more on that. I'll start with uh, the self-stigma because uh, living HIV is basically living with a label that has been, that's been rejected by the world. And... And because of that, people like me, like I was made to feel that I was not going to be accepted by the world. And that, re that resulted in me rejecting who I am as a person. Yeah. 
then towards to to stigma from others because of this label that's been that's been on us for the very, from the very beginning that also leads uh to others rejecting us like them seeing us for our condition instead of seeing us seeing us for who we are as people so you're just reduced to um, this one thing about you um, and seen in that light. So, um, do you have anything to add about, you know, what to, you know, in your experiences as a volunteer, um, what challenges do PLHIV face today? I think it's very similar to what Kelvin shared. Maybe just further, like we have a lot of uh, clients who come in and tell us that they have difficulty finding employment. Yeah, so I think if you, you are familiar with like looking for a job, you would know that even just applying and going for the interview itself can be very intimidating. Then added on the fact that sometimes they might be questioned about whether they have HIV very directly, and some of them are even subjected to like health checkups that require them to go for HIV tests. So then it's an added pressure of like, if my employer finds out that I have HIV, am I going to get a job? Or if I already have a job, am I going to get fired by it? So it's a lot of stresses, that, um, a lot of pressure that they are put under. And the self-stigma that Kelvin mentioned earlier, I see in a lot of my friends with HIV. So sometimes when you meet up with a friend, you just ask them, oh, how's life? Have you found somebody? Like, are you in a relationship? And you, you get answers like, no, I don't think I'll look for a relationship. And when you probe further, you get answers like, I don't think that anybody will accept me for, for my diagnosis because I have HIV. And that's really sad to hear as a friend. Uh, given with our knowledge today that, you know, um, when, you have, uh, when you are taking medication, um, you are not able to transmit when your viral load is, you know, almost zero, right? And that they still feel that way? I don't think a lot of people understand the concept of U equals U. So mm. undetectable equals to untransmissible. So not a lot of people even know that. And then you have the added layer of even when people know that and are told by uh, official like, articles and reports, they don't really accept it. So mm. there's a lot of scepticism like, is it really true? Is you really equals you? But just to be safe, I'm not going to be in a relationship with someone with HIV. Yeah, or they can have a very uh, superficial acceptance like, oh yeah, I accept someone with HIV, I will be friends with them. But when you ask, like, do you think you can get into a relationship with someone with HIV, you get answers like, no, but I don't know why. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think you mentioned uh, one, one of the key um, things that uh, um, really impact their lives, right, about employment. Um, what can we do? I think it's a very significant if you are within a workspace and you express that you are supportive of people with HIV and especially if you are in a position where you, you are the employer as well. And it's something that sends a very strong message across the entire organisation and of course to people with HIV as well when they know that they are being supported. There was an initiative a couple of years ago um, by Be Inclusive and it is a non-discrimination um, pledge, right, by organisations and 50 organisations signed on to be non-discriminatory, um, not just for PLHIV but, um, you know, gender identity and sexual orientation and I'm proud to say that FCC is one of those organisations who is signatory to that pledge. And I hope that those of you who might be able to influence your organisations, um, think about it. Think about being signatory so that you, you show who you are and because um, this is like a registry of those organisations, people who look for jobs there know 
right? At least that this uh, organization is not discriminatory towards them. Uh, I want to ask, you know, uh, because you, feel, you face challenges, right? Um, I want to ask uh, Kelvin, what are your experiences of hurtful or painful experiences that you have encountered? So about a few years ago, I, I made a headlines on Mothership where I, I uh, went public with my status. Shortly after that, uh, there was a particular Facebook page that cropped up my photo and as you can see from the photo there, they labelled taxpayers, you are funding the high-risk sexual lifestyle. And it went on to, to, pro uh, to attack uh, me, say that, you know, they want to gather haters to attack me as a person with HIV because, you know, they are uh, spending their, their valuable money on someone who is, uh, who is HIV positive. How do you feel when you first um, encountered this... Um article on, online? I, I felt hurt because these are, this is coming from a group of strangers who I've never met who decided to just reject me just because of my status. And, and I'm not even given a chance to show them who I am as a person. And as a result, that happened. Hmm. Tiai, what do you think about this? Yeah, so I remember this when it came out and I think it was shared by Kelvin as well. That's how I learned about it. And one of the things that stood out and was extremely hurtful for me was because there were a lot of people who are posting on this group who claims to be Christian. And they are, they are spreading this judgment and this hate in God's name, calling it like a sin and basically calling for everyone to, to gather hate. And as a Christian, that was extremely hurtful for me because I felt like they were misusing God's name. And it's really not what the religion is about, not what our faith is about. I think that if we look and reflect and think about what Jesus would have done, um, Jesus would have forgiven and healed and, and touched Kelvin. And... I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't come across this article because um, I think that uh, um, for my own sanity, I, I, I try, not to, um, be, try not to read too much of this kind of hateful stuff. Um, but to hear today right, that this happens and, done in, and in some ways done in our name, because all of us identify as Christians here right, in church, um, it's painful. Um, I wonder what lies behind their thinking and if they have con stopped to consider if what they are doing is loving. Um, and first and foremost, I think we are not called to be um, judgmental. Yes, we are, invited, we are asked to be righteous, but before even trying to be righteous, we are called to be loving, to love our neighbours as ourselves. And um, these hurtful things, I think that we need to um, reconsider. Uh, but I also want to invite all of us not to respond hate with hate. That's not the way. Respond hate with love. Because only light can cast out shadows and only love can cast out hate. 
um, during the time that we opened up um, our um, and invited people to respond, right, or do videos and stuff, um, there was someone who shared, right, um, someone who's living with HIV, shared anonymously um, um, this, and I want to read it out to you. Um, living with HIV is not a crime. We should be respected and loved in Singapore. I'm a proud gay man, but I don't dare to be out as HIV positive because we are not loved by the gay community, the government or people around me. Do you know how much anxiety or pain or shame I have to go through to get a boyfriend for a COVID jab or to just simply buy a HDB or get a job? Will you still love me if I tell you that I'm HIV positive? And that's a question that we should ponder. And we invited folks to record videos to express their support for PLHIV last week, and I want to show you some of them. I would like to encourage for those who are living with HIV who can stay healthy and keep themselves active. But, but I have friends who is suffering in it. They are they are so being discriminated and down-looking by people. But I hope that people must not do that. They need care, love, and care from people. I mean, we have to care for people who is in HIV. Thank you so, so much for those who really have the love for them. Um, I don't know much about uh, people living with HIV, but um, i like to you know, maybe let you all know that um, society is actually more inclusive and accepting than it really is and sometimes we just don't know what to do or what to say and it would be good if uh, you can hang around us, us more and uh, share with us how to behave around you and uh, we love you all. I don't know much about AIDS, I don't know about much about living with HIV but what I can say is that I will shake your hand, I will hug you, I will eat with you and you are welcome here at FCC. I want to say that you are loved by God and you are a treasure uh, of God. Please give us the opportunity to learn about your life stories because they are impactful to us. And we want to be able to learn to love you with God's love. My dear siblings, I think that you are one of the strongest people that I've ever met. Uh, I know that what you've been going through is a lot. And many times, as your friend, as your brother, um, you know, we have often failed you, uh, and I, I'm really sorry for that. Um, I pray that, you know, we'll all increase in capacity for love and understanding. Um, there's a lot that sometimes we, we don't know or we take for granted, but yeah, uh, God give us the grace to be able to connect with you. Um, just know that in church and SEC, you're always welcome, and yeah, I hope that you can find hope and love here. Yeah. So to all my uh, PL HIV friends out there, and also to all uh, allies, well, thank you. Thank you for fighting hard uh, in, in advocacy, in living a strong, healthy life. So um, to everyone else out there, you know, together we can move towards zero. So if you, uh, you have been sexually active, please get yourself test tested. And we can also stop uh, stigmatization 
of getting tested or even uh, get people, uh, the stigmatization of persons living with HIV together. So continue to stay strong, live strong and advocate so that we can share this uh, knowledge and remove stigmatization from society altogether. So even in our community, there are folks who are supportive and love, want to be loving, um, but still don't know what to do. And so, or what to say or how to be supportive. So I want to ask a question to our guests. How can we be supportive? Well, we can start by being kind because uh, we can start by being kind by understanding that HIV, uh, living with HIV means living with a history that has been rejected by the world. It's a burden no one should have. And we all have burdens. So it would be great if we are kind to ourselves and to people living with HIV. Yeah, so one of the things that came out from uh, preparing for this World Day service was that Calvin shared that one thing that would help would be to have more safe spaces for PLHIV. And that's when I, I realised like, to be supportive, we can be that safe space. Yeah, so for someone with HIV, just keep an open mind. Uh, don't be judgmental, so don't pass any judgement. Be educated about what HIV is and how it comes about and what the treatment is like. And also, don't be afraid of the virus, but at the same time, not complacent as well. One of the, um, what you said, right? Keep an open mind, no judgment, be educated, be unafraid, but not complacent in the virus. I think these are important things that we should keep in mind. But one of the things that, uh, about being a safe space is so we don't ask intrusive questions and be a busybody. Uh, I think um, having an open mind and listening, uh, not judging, I think they are crucial. But sometimes, you know, in what we, in, when we are trying to be supportive, we end up asking very inappropriate questions. And perhaps, you know, when we want to be supportive, um, we need to hold back our curiosity in some ways. Um, and so, during our conversation, when we are preparing for this panel, uh, the thing that emerged out was safe space. And I love what Jiayi said at, on the spot when we were talking about, when we were thinking of safe space as a, as, a, uh, as a real space, she said, I am a safe space. And so what came out from that was, wow, you know, how do we move ourselves to the point where we can become safe spaces? And that, we started bouncing ideas. And Jia um, Yi shared that, oh, we can do some training. And, uh, and she happily offered herself uh, to, to conduct training. And we will organize it sometime next year, early next year, so that we all learn how to be safe spaces for POHIV. And that really is a, a step that we can all do. Right, um, and, and perhaps a space where a safe space also for, for us who may have some ignorance around uh, about PLHIV to grow and learn. Yeah. Do you have anything to add, um, Tia Yi? Yes, I, I want to add, don't be afraid. It's just going to be like one hour Zoom. It's not going to take one entire day. So don't worry about the commitment and like, oh, she need to go for some training. Yeah, it's going to be like just one hour. And I think that that's uh, the, the, what we can, we can do. And I think very interestingly, uh, one of the videos that was recorded also spoke to that. And um, why don't we view some of the videos we have um, recorded last week from some of our members.
Hi, my name is Mark, and I pledge to be a safe place for friends and family around me who are living with HIV. So if you need to be more open about your status and also your struggles, I am here for you. Stay safe and stay strong. Hi there. This is a shout out to all of the friends we've got with HIV that we know about and all of the friends with HIV that we don't know about and everybody else as well. We're here to support you and love you forever. Simon really summarized it very well. We are here to love you forever. And I want to add, we have no strings attached. And that is, or we try to do that as, much, as, as best we can as human beings. Because I think that's how God's love is. And um, we have some questions on Q, uh, from, the, from the folks, on, you know, uh, whether here or, on, or at home. Um, and some of the questions that have popped up for... Um, and the first one is, you know, and either of you might respond and I also respond. What do we say to people who think that AIDS, HIV is a punishment from God to those who are sexually promiscuous? What do we say to people who think that AIDS, HIV AIDS is a punishment from God to, on those who are sexually promiscuous? I have gotten that question before, so that was directed to me, I think more of my position as a Christian. Yeah, so I think my answer to that has always been another question back. So what do you think God calls you to do yeah, when you meet people with HIV? Yeah, is it, do we ever know like, what God's intention really is? Or are we just called to like, love them and accept them so that they will be okay? Yeah. Um, I read before many uh, folks uh, writing online and, uh, and they said, you know, judgment is above your pay grade. That's God's <laughs> level. We are not called to judge. And I also tell people that, you know, HIV AIDS is a consequence of unsafe sex. Somebody can be super promiscuous beyond our imagination, but as long as that person practice um, safe sex, then that person won't get HIV AIDS. So that's like, um, you, know, you know, that doesn't translate well into it being a punishment, right? The disease being a punishment. And I think that we need to be conscious of that and move away from this, uh, you know, God's judgment kind of idea uh, because it's really harmful. It's harmful to people because I think that sometimes PLHIV also internalizes this judgment that this is a, a punishment of sorts for their actions. Um, and I think we are called to love and support, not to judge. All right. Um, but I think I like Jia uh, uh, Yi's response because um, she's a lot less confrontational than, uh, than me. You know, is it, right? So maybe asking a question back, you know, like what Jesus always does, right? You know, asking a question back instead of responding directly uh, may be helpful when someone tells you that you know, um, HIV AIDS is a punishment from God. Yeah. Another question. Oh, I just. Um, HIV is a chronic disease, like many chronic diseases. Do we need to openly share about our medical condition? I personally feel there's no need to share it openly because as of now, HIV is still um, heavily discriminated against. So. If let's say if I were to go go up to someone and say, "Hey, I'm HIV positive," I am 
I, I am actually allowing this person to, to, to invoke their reaction. And most of the time, whether if it's uh, a good one or a bad one, it's still, it's still kind of like a false reaction for, to, from the other person. So I, I, feel, I feel that it's not really necessary to disclose uh, my, my personal HIV status to someone else unless it's someone that I you know, really trust or someone I want to be vulnerable with. I think that, uh, like the question asked, right, like many chronic diseases, there's diabetes, um, there's cancer, there's, there are many, many other chronic diseases that we live with. And we don't share our medical history with every single person we meet, even with our friends. Is it really necessary? Um, and why do we share in the first place? Right? I think that that's something that we need to be conscious of. Um, that I think that it's not a necessary thing to be um, talking about because it's something quite confidential and clo close to our own hearts. Right? Um, and perhaps in a, a group that we might be closer to, that we might want to share. But I don't see everybody running around telling everybody that, oh, I got diabetes. Uh, I think I think there's a difference between like mm. I don't need to share versus if I want to then I can, I can share. share. But mm. so HIV is not something where they feel the letter. If I want right. to, I can share. Mm. Whereas if I have like diabetes or I need support because I have cancer, then I feel like I can find that more easily. Mm. Yeah. So that is that is the problem that surrounds HIV because if I really want to, I really still cannot mm. share about it. Yeah. And there's a lot of fear about the reaction that comes out, right? Because. Um, coming out about your status, you are opening up yourself for um, rejection and you don't know, you might lose a friend, you know, especially if some, that person means a lot to you. And that's the, the, perhaps our, our own journey of how we can uh, find ways to show that we actually are um, safe, people, safe spaces ourselves. And one of the things that you can do um, is um, wear a red ribbon and we invite you to wear this red ribbon throughout the, the week um, because wear day is on 1st of December. So people can see you and have a visibility of that kind of support. That, um, like what Ian shared um, during the video that, you know, maybe society is not as discriminatory because those voices are the loudest. But those who are supportive are actually not, um, not that loud. And perhaps that visibility might help um, PLHIV as well. Another question that popped up, right? What's the biggest practical thing that you want us to do to support the PLHIV community starting now? Be educated. Yeah, so I think it's very accessible. Information is accessible on Google. You can just find out more. But a lot of the judgment or a lot of the problems come from not knowing actually what HIV is, how it transmits. So you have things like, oh, I don't really want to eat with someone with HIV. But if you know the science behind it, you know that that is baseless. Lah. So you can, you can still eat with someone with HIV and not get HIV, definitely. Yeah, so that's not a concern of ours. Yeah, so it's something that is very easy to do, just going online and googling what HIV is and finding out more. Yeah. I agree with Tiai because I, I came to understand that this whole stigma and rejection towards PLHIV is because of the lack of awareness and education from the very beginning. Mm. It's because of our lack of education that leads us to fear it. Mm. So yeah, it'd be great if, if we start to get more educated about what HIV really is. 
that reminds me of um, my own experience uh, with a friend um, in the US, right? Um, and he's out about his status. Um, and one day we were chatting over, you know, in the cafeteria and we were drinking and um, water. Um, and I was, I'm the lazy kind of person, okay? Uh, and uh, I just grabbed his cup and I drank from it. And he looked very, very surprised, right? He was a bit stunned. Lah. And then I went like, and I realized why he was stunned. Because, you know, it's something that people don't normally do, right? Number one, they don't normally share water whether you are HIV positive or not, right? And then I realized that he was, there was some like shock and even aghast. And I realized that, you know, I wa he was probably wondering, did I realize what I just did? And I took the cup and I drank it from it again. Because I think that I wanted to show him that I knew what I just did. And I'm okay with that. And it, it really, it was, I felt, was trying to say that I love you and care for you and I, I, know, I know a bit more about HIV than, than, than other people and I'm okay drinking, sharing a cup of water with you. Um, and I think that these are the things that we perhaps need to educate ourselves around. Right? Um, I realised that I skipped a certain portion about, you know, um, experiences that um, PLHIV experienced Xia Yi haven't shared, right? Yeah. Would you want to say more about that? Because I think that was a, a okay. very powerful st um, story. Mm, so I think this was uh, when we were talking about hurtful experiences that PRHIV experiences. And I, uh, so I had one day where a friend called me and he was like, can you do me a favour? Can you speak to my family? Because they are worried about their risk uh, of exposure to HIV. So I think he was approaching me because I was a volunteer with AFA. And so what I found out was actually he revealed his status to them, he confided in them and told them that he was HIV positive. And what they did was very similar to COVID, they started to implement a lot of safety measures at home. So they didn't, they stopped eating with him, no meals with him anymore at home. They refused to let her, his little nieces and nephews play with him at home. They also, they even gave him a time of when he can use the bathroom. And they didn't let him keep his toiletries in the bathroom as well. So all of this was basically to keep them safe from him. And it was definitely from a place of ignorance. And what really hurt was that I, I found out he didn't fight any of this. And he didn't feel like he was in a position to argue or to, to reject any of these safety measures. And the conversation with his family was quite difficult because it, it, it took a lot of convincing and letting them know that, no, I volunteer with uh, AFA, so I know basically what I'm talking about and you are not at any risk of uh, contracting HIV from him just by eating with him or by even sharing the same toilet as him. Yeah. So that was, I think it was really sad for, to hear that a friend was going through something like this even at home where it's supposed to be a safe space. Hmm. And that's uh, heartbreaking to hear um, because um, family is the, are often the people that we're closest to. And to face that kind of rejection um, um, is a struggle. Um, we have many more questions and I, th I see that um, a lot of them, um, actually, we will probably go through during our um, training because the questions are, are quite specific. Um, but I think there's one question that um, I actually see um, that's helpful. Um, for someone who meets a PLHIV for the first time and someone who wants to understand more, are there questions we should avoid asking? 
The first question is, how do you get it? Because that, that question will, will dig up all the trauma from the peer HIV and they'll, and, and, you'll, and they'll be met with a very um, half-hearted response. And by, by the time, like for example, when I disclosed my status to my, one of my friends back then and they, say, and they immediately asked, how, do, how did I get it? I was then brought back to, the, to that time when I was diagnosed and mm. it, it took me a while to kind of uh, to recover from that, that experience. I think that that's uh, uh, one of the things that perhaps, and I hope that we can achieve um, when we conduct the training, right, is that you no longer need to ask that question. How do you get it? Right? Um, for someone who, you know, you, then you will start learning how to meet PLHIV in an open way, in a way that's supportive and loving, without that curiosity in some ways. Um, but I really appreciate, um, Kelvin, your answer because that is, the, that is exactly, you know, when people ask those questions, um, it seems to come from a, 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 a really ignorance, right? And really not realising how painful it is to, to bring you back to that space um, and that you might not want to revisit again, right? Um, and, okay. I think I want to touch on one final question. How does HIV affect your daily life? To be frank, it doesn't affect my daily life at all. I just got to take like, medication every 24 hours. That's it. Yeah, I, that's that's for, my own, like, for my own personal health. But uh, through my daily activities, uh, sometimes when I'm... Out, when I'm out conversing with um, peers or, or even strangers, it's, I, I kind of have to pre prepare myself mentally just in case if uh, by, by some chance they kind of find out that I'm HIV positive, then I have to prepare myself for a reaction that, I, that I'll be either like rejected. Mm. Yeah. I have to always prepare for the worst every time. So I would like to close today by inviting all of you on Mentee um, to complete this sentence. I pledge to... You know... Did I... Am I able to go to the last one? Is there a way to shut off this? Uh... Oh, thank you. I pledge to be supportive, be a safe space to people living with HIV, to live openly, to be non-judgmental, to be more loving, learn to be a safe space for PRHIV, the safe space that's echoing, uh, and I think that that's the, I think that that's the spirit moving us towards the direction to be safe spaces. Learn more about HIV AIDS and un unlearn the misconceptions that have been taught to me. Share my knowledge with friends around me that HIV isn't something scary. That's very important. So we can become ambassadors, right? Not ask intrusive questions that will bring that person back to their place of trauma. Advocate for acceptance. 
supportive and destigmatizing testing, openly support PLHIV um, in all kinds of situations, as including in the workspace. They're educated and be education, great. Thank you for committing yourselves to that. And we want to be a community that is safe spaces, each one of us, um, that will help bring healing um, and bring these and destigmatize as well. And we don't need to have people coming up to us and telling us about their status. All we need to do is show that they are loved regardless. Yeah. So um, I hope that when we have that, um, uh, that training on, um, all of you will sign up for the training um, next year and so we can be better allies for POHIV. Um, yeah. So we are close today and we'll move to, the, um, to communion. Thank you, Kelvin and um, Tiai, for joining us. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So at this, this table recognises no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptised. You only need to, to recognise that God's grace is sufficient. As we come to this table, we're reminded that this is the table of Jesus Christ, a banquet prepared for everyone. All who seek to be nourished and sustained in the journey of faith, all who seek wholeness and compassionate paths to peace and justice are welcome here. God be with you. And, and also, also with you. Lift up your hearts. We, we lift, lift our, our hearts, hearts in prayer. prayer. Let us give thanks to God. It, it is, is good, good to, to give, give God, God thanks and, and praise. praise. Let us pray. Blessed are you, breath of peace, giver of all life, source of love that knows no boundaries. Your song of wisdom rang out before the world began. Throughout the ages, your song of liberation has impregnated us with your hope for a world where this, those considered last and least are first and most. Violence is overcome by the power of your ancient love and all siblings work together for peace. You bring our longings to birth and send prophets to awaken us to your approaching advent among us. We thank you for those who, like Mary, have the strength and courage to give birth to your love in the world. For those who, like the shepherds, dare to seek out the child of Bethlehem, for those who, like the wise ones, actively challenge violent and oppressive powers. We praise you that your everlasting light is shown to us in womb and tomb, in cradle and cross, 
in tenderness and compassion. We join in the Advent prayer of all your people. O come, come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And as we wait and watch for your coming among us, we proclaim your goodness. At this time, we also remember all with whom you would have us share your feast. We pray for all who are in sorrow or in pain, all who are ill or alone, all who are close to our hearts. All our siblings who live in fear, oppression or hunger, all those lives have been blighted by violence, racism or poverty. For all whom the world counts as last and least. We pray for the church and its many ministries, for nations as they strive for peace and justice, for an end to violence. God of hope, make this bread the means of our rebuilding, this wine the medium of our transformation, this table the foundation of our renewal, and this community the place of our rebirth. Amen. At this time, we remember Jesus, who on the night before he died, took a loaf of bread. Gave you thanks, broke it and said, take and eat. Whenever you do this, remember me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the new covenant, remember me. Gracious God, breath of peace, source of love, we pray for your spirit. Will you join us all together? Make, Make us, us while many, many one. one. Make, Make us, us though broken whole. Make, Make us, despite death, alive. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And so we join our siblings around the world in the prayer of Jesus together. Our, our Father, Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Will the stewards come forward to distribute the elements? Because of COVID restrictions, uh, please uh, wait for the stewards to hand you the communion elements and hold on to it and we'll partake of it together.
the body of Christ, the bread of life, the life blood of Christ, the cup of blessing. Let us eat and drink together for our strengthening in the faith and for the sake of the world. May I invite all of you who are able and willing to stand and join us in the prayer of communion. Together, we thank you, God, for breaking into our world and pouring into our lives and our experiences. We thank you, God, for this meal of thanksgiving and the stories of love, grace, and hope that it tells. Amen. Please be seated. You can. So welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. FCC is an inclusive church. That means you are welcome here regardless of your theological background, gender identity, sexual orientation, economic status, and may I add, HIV status as well, or any other labels the world puts on you. To all those who worship with us regularly and those watching online, as well as to those joining us for the first time, welcome home. Thank you, Calvin and Jiayi, for your sharing. It was really meaningful. I think we've all learned a lot and have a lot to reflect upon. So uh, my name is David, and I'm the service leader for today. And if this service has blessed you and you're watching online, please do give our video a like so that the YouTube algorithm can recommend it to more people to watch. Uh, if you are a newcomer to FCC, we welcome you to leave your information with us so that we can stay in touch with you. So you can scan this QR code or leave your details at fcc.la slash welcome. We promise we won't spam you. One of our pastors will reach out to you to find out more about how we can meet your needs. And we do have a newcomers meeting on the last Sunday of every month. So if you're interested in joining that, please email uh, info at freecomchurch.org. So now we will continue to worship God with our giving. There are two ways you can give um, through PayNow by scanning um, these QR codes. Um, or you can give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Uh, please join me as we pray for the offering. Dear God, you have called us to be a safe space, just as you have drawn us with your loving and unconditional love, your loving kindness. And so, Lord, help us to be a place where all can find safety and your love. And Lord, may you use this offering to sustain our ministries and help FCC to continue to reach out to those who are hurting, to those who are abandoned, and to those who need a community to show them how much you love them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. May I invite the ushers to come forward 
to take up the offering. If you're on site and you'd like to drop some cash or a check in the bag, please raise your hand and the ushers will come to you. Uh, so while the ushers are going around, we have a few announcements to make. Um, the first is that we have a new cell group that will be starting quite soon. The cell group is called Sprout. So it's about to sprout. Uh, so if you've been with us for a while and you're looking for um, a way to get plugged into the community, to find people who will journey with you as your brothers and sisters in Christ, um, you can sign up at info at freecomchurch.org. And I believe this cell group will be for a maybe six-month period. Um, so join and see if it's a good fit for you. Today is also our annual general meeting, so we invite all our members to come back here at 1.30 p.m. Uh, it will be for two hours, and we'll talk about uh, what we have done over the last year and where we're going in the next year. If you're not a member, you are also welcome to join us. We would welcome your participation. The only thing is you can't vote, but you're still a part of our community, so please do come back at 1.30, and I think it will be held online as well. Is that right? Yes, so uh, I believe the... The link may have been sent out over the various groups, WhatsApp groups, and so on. And so, I uh, just want to invite Pastor Pauline to come up and talk a little bit more about um, our Advent anthology and how you can take part in that, and then give us the benediction. So before we go into the benediction, I wanted to thank, you know, Kelvin and Tiai so much, you know, for your sharing. It was so beautiful. It was um, so vulnerable. So thank you for that. Um, and I want to invite you in this season, you know, that as we enter uh, Advent, to let your life speak. Let your life speak today, firstly, for the PLHIV. You know, we are learning new things uh, every day. Um, we, and we want to be able to speak of love, the way that God loves you know, and so the last thing we want is for the church, for Christians to be known for hate. And so each of us have a very special and very important role to play. Your life will speak of God's love, especially to those who are stigmatized and those who need to hear it. All right? So in line with this whole season of, of our Advent um, and looking towards Christmas, um, we've actually introduced this project that we can do together as a community. You know, this past year has been very challenging. It's been hard for us to come together. Uh, it's been hard for us to gather and even to just um, talk and to share with one another. And so I want to invite you, firstly, all right, what this Advent Anthology actually does is, if you go to the next slide, it's just three simple things that we're inviting you to do. All right? Firstly, share your stories in a group. Right? If you actually go into the QR code thing that is there, um, it will send you into a link in our website. It will tell you a lot more about this project, what it does, uh, how to do it. But the three simple things is firstly, share your stories in a group. All right? Because one of the things that we have not done uh, is actually being able to listen to one another, to hold space for one another, and to actually speak off the struggles that we have with joy and hope and all these things that we talk about in this Advent season. That this time, this period has been hard, you know, so let's hold space for one another to share these stories of struggle and hope, all right? So if you have any problems finding a group, all right, some of you can share in your cell groups, in your ministry groups, but if you say, okay, I don't really have a group that I can share with, please, okay, email me at info at freecomchurch.org. We have facilitators who are waiting to help uh, you kind of share this uh, time together, you know, so please email me and then we'll put you into a group, right? And then we can share, it's probably be a small group of five, 
Alright, and then we'll we'll go ahead with that towards the Christmas season. The second thing is li- basically to listen and hold space for each other. Alright, and once you've actually shared that, verbally expressed it, um, please submit your written story. And if you want, you can do a stained glass towel. Remember what we did for Easter? We're going to do a Christmas version of it. Alright, submit it. Uh, all the details are in the QR code. Please go find it uh, by 19th of December so that we can put it all up for our Christmas service. And most importantly, your story is behind the towel as well because your stories are going to speak of God's love. And so that is something that we are going to continue putting up. And if you see, you can still see our Easter stories uh, even on site uh, on our website. So that continues to be a witness of what God's doing among us in our community, all right? So I just invite you all to get involved and make this Advent season a meaningful time for all of us, okay? So if you are able and willing, would you stand? And um, let's have the benediction. God, today we heard many stories told through the lives of Jiayi and Kelvin and through many lives of those out there who live with stigma who live with HIV. And God, we know that even as you've called us to be your people of love, that you will send us out to live out and to speak out this love and this justice into all the world. So now go. Go and be God's people of love and hope in this season of Advent, this season of darkness waiting in anticipation for God's light and love and life. So now go and God's peace go with you always. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us for our service today, our very special World Aids Day service. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you next week as we continue with our Advent uh, season. Go in God's peace and have a blessed week ahead.